It's time for one more facts about the vax. Let's do an autopsy report on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, my dear friends, and welcome to another episode of Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and we have a lot of ground to cover today. Uh, first, I want to uh, just give one quick report in the realm of sadness, uh, because the... Um, uh, bill that's been referred to as the Protective Reproduction Options or the PRO Act uh, was passed in the Minnesota legislature, um, which uh, is the constitutional right to, quote, reproductive freedom, end quote, uh, and is one of the most permissive um, liberal bills uh, in our nation, for sure. And so here we are in the state of Minnesota with uh, I almost can't even talk about it, just a sadness. Um, but it also just tells us that there is more work to do. And to uh, I want to give you this message. Nothing is impossible with God. We've seen that just in the last year uh, with Roe versus Wade getting overturned. Who would ever thought that was even a possibility? And there have been many laws that have been enacted throughout our country and in our history that have been, been overturned, such as segregation laws and things that have later been found to be immoral. And that is my prayer as we continue to work. So for those of you who are listening in the state of Minnesota, we have work to do. It is very sobering and it is very sad um, that we have become depraved as a society to enact such a bill even in political means. And it, uh, it is, is the reason that I will continue to speak at this microphone um, and dedicate a portion of my life to this cause because we need to be the ones that stand up and that history looks at us and says they did not tolerate this. And so that is what's before us. Uh, Roe v. Wade was a win. Um, this was a loss. Um, and we have to keep fighting. This is an ongoing battle. Um, and as we mentioned before, even when Roe versus Wade was overturned, that that was just the beginning, not the end. And now we see that to be absolutely true. And so we need to be continue. We need to continue to be vigilant um, in our opposition to this and continue to fight for innocent lives. Uh, I did a podcast a few weeks back called Keep Your Shirt On. It was a story of a man who was at the Mall of America, also in Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota has been in the news, um, being asked to remove his uh, Jesus Saves shirt or be thrown out of the mall. So you can go back and listen to that podcast. Um, Mike uh, responded on Facebook and said, uh, uh, I made the point in the podcast how Jesus is exclusive and the fact that uh, he is, says that he is the only way. There are no other options. He is the way and the truth and the life. And so in that respect, he's exclusive. And that is very um, disheartening to a lot of people saying that that is, um, you know, obviously intolerant and, and, and very um, 
uh, almost segregative uh, to uh, the other world. And I see that that is true, but Mike makes a very good point, and he says Jesus was exclusive in saying that no man comes to the Father except through him, but he was also the most inclusive when he said God so loved the world, everyone, that if we believe in him, we're saved. It's just a matter of accepting the way, the truth, and the life. Everybody, everyone has the opportunity. Christianity is the most inclusive faith that there is, more inclusive than Islam, Buddhism, Judaism, and atheism combined. And they should please add this to the diversity, equity, and inclusion classes. And I couldn't agree more. And I even said in my podcast that, you know, there is an antichrist spirit. The antichrist spirit actually creates more prejudice, more intolerance, more bigotry, and more hate. That's the fruit of an antichrist spirit. It's kind of the way of looking at it is that there is a table at which Jesus eats. And he says that he is the only way you have to eat at only my table. In that respect, he's exclusive. But he's inclusive in that all are welcome at his table. All are welcome at his table. And that should make us happy. I am rolling out another episode about called Facts About the Vax. And I, w- I had to go back and look at my previous episodes. And I, had, uh, I have had 14. This will be my 15th Facts About the Vax podcast. And of course, there have been others that have been directly or indirectly related to the pandemic itself. My first that I released was entitled Science and Virus and Bears, Oh My. Uh, that was March 18th, 2020. So we are almost three years to that date. It's crazy how time flies and and what a historical moment that was and we will always look back on. Um but I'm hoping this might be the last facts about the vax, um, hoping and prayerful about, because um, they uh, are hopefully declaring the end to the emergency. Now, Biden has extended it till May. I'll read about that in a second. Um, but things seem to be uh, winding down from that standpoint. And so I put, you know, I label this autopsy report because I think it's important as something is coming to an end that we actually are able to look back and, and, and find uh, the, the word autopsy means a postmortem, postmortem examination to discover the cause of death or the extent of the disease. And I feel like this podcast can do that as we look back on what happened and also maybe just give a warning for the future. According to the World Health Organization, um, the coronavirus pandemic is still a global health emergency, but the advisory panel has determined that it may be nearing an inflection point where levels of immunity will lead to fewer deaths. This was the message on Monday from the WHO director. He said that the world is in a far better state today than it was a year ago when the Omicron wave was at its peak. Um, but he cautioned that weekly report reported deaths have been climbing since the beginning of December at a cost of a more than 170,000 lives. The, um, they were expecting a fairly large wave again this winter. And although 170,000 deaths is certainly not trivial, um, it is not as high as a wave as they were perhaps anticipating. So that is a positive report. And that's just the reported deaths. We know the actual number is much higher. Uh, The director said, we can't control the virus, but we can do more to address the vulnerabilities in populations and health systems. 
He says vaccination remains the key tool, he said, and countries must vaccinate 100% of their most at-risk groups and increase access to testing and early antiviral use. When there is a surge in cases, country needs context-specific measures, including maintaining and expanding laboratory networks. And he goes on to say, and it means fighting misinformation. We remain hopeful that in the coming year, the world will transition into a new phase in which we reduce hospitalizations and deaths to the lowest possible level, and health systems are able to manage COVID-19 in an integrated and sustainable way. And this has always been the target statement. And so I know that this is a controversial topic. Um, and even in my realm of influence, uh, this has been controversial because I've taken a little bit of a different stand than uh, many people that I know and love, for sure. Um, because I think that vaccinations have been really the key and continue to be the key. Um, his comments comes as U.S. cases, hospitalizations, and deaths continue to fall, with the seven-day average in new cases uh, standing at 46,000, uh, according to a New York Times tracker. That's down 25% from two weeks ago. The daily average of her hospitalizations was down 22%. The average for deaths was 521, down 8% from two weeks ago. Those are the metrics that matter. Hospitalizations, the ability to care for patients, and the number of deaths. That has always been the target. And so when there is information that targets other things, like how many people have gotten it, um, the effectiveness of the vaccine in regards to um, eliminating the coronavirus itself, those are secondary measures. The main measure is deaths, hospitalizations, and our ability to care for people. All those numbers are ticking down. That has certainly been my case, my um um, experience in, in the emergency department over the last several months. I've maybe only seen about a handful of COVID patients and maybe admitted only about one or two patients that were elderly or more higher susceptible, uh, and they did well and went home. So I feel like uh, things are definitely improving. Um, so when we talk about a postmortem or an autopsy, let's look at what the numbers say. The global tally of confirmed COVID-19 cases topped at 670 million. This is the latest just from Monday. While the death toll rose above to above, sorry, the death toll rose above 6.8 million. This is according to Johns Hopkins University. The US leads the world with 102.3 million cases and 1.1 fatalities. 1.1 million of our um, uh, Americans have died and succumbed to COVID. The CDC trackers show that 229 million people living in the United States uh, equal to 69.2% of the total, total population are fully vaccinated, meaning they have had their primary shots. So far, however, just 51 million Americans, equal to 15% of the overall population, have had the updated COVID booster that targets both the original virus and the Omicron variants. So the number of boostering and follow-up shots are remarkably less. It's interesting because 70% is kind of that herd immunity number, and uh, we were at 69.2%, very close to that, uh, and absolutely has contributed to these declining numbers. Now, let me switch and talk about politics a little bit because I believe politics plays an absolute role in this. 
The Biden administration in May plans to end the national and public health emergencies tied to the coronavirus, signaling a new approach to how the federal government views COVID almost three years after the pandemic started. Existing emergency declarations would be extended until May 11th and then expire. Um, the advance notice is designed to give states, healthcare providers, and hospitals enough time to adjust to the changes. The move to wind down the emergency status first implemented by the Trump administration on January 27th, 2020, was announced in response to a pair of bills in a Republican-controlled House now that would immediately end the declarations. The Republicans are wondering what we're waiting for. The White House says it opposed the GOP timeline, arguing that it ended the emergency programs and policies would create wide-ranging chaos and uncertainty within the country's healthcare system and government operations. Uh, the two bills uh, were introduced by uh, Representative Guthrie and Representative uh, Gozar of Kentucky and Arizona, respectively. Um, and they tweeted, there is no reason to wait. Uh, and the pandemic is over. Uh, in a separate uh, statement, the White House threatened to veto a GOP-backed bill that would eliminate the COVID vaccination mandate for certain health care providers. They report, while COVID is no longer the disruptive threat that it once was, it makes no sense for Congress to reverse this protection for vulnerable patients, as well as our health care workers who have gotten so much, who have given so much to protect us, the White House says. See, politics play an absolute role as the Democrats and Republicans are going back and forth on this. Now, I want to be extremely clear, while Republicans are doubling down on um, being anti-mandate and the effectiveness of the vaccine, uh, the Democrats are doubling down on the effectiveness of the vaccine and mandates. Now, I'm not really a proponent of either of those. See, we can say that, the well, the vaccine wasn't effective because I was vaccinated and I still got COVID. Well, that's kind of like saying I went to war in Vietnam and I didn't die, so war must be safe. <laughs> that is actually a fallacy. That actually doesn't line up with the reality of what we've seen. Or I did get vaccinated and I still got COVID, or I didn't, get, I didn't die from COVID, therefore I don't need to get vaccinated. These are all um, uh, fallacious arguments. See, there's a difference between vaccination and a vaccination mandate. So I'm with the Republicans on the issue of a vaccine mandate. Because the to, to mandate something actually creates sort of a uh, resistance in the population, which is exactly what we've seen and actually accomplished the actual opposite of what they were going for. We can learn that on autopsy. See, if the goal of the vaccine was to never get COVID, then it failed. I will agree with that. But if the goal, and we're going to go back to this target zone, if the goal was to decrease hospitalizations and death and give time for the American population to take care of its people and to end the pandemic, which is what we're talking about in this podcast, then it was an amazing success. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, that I think history will show that Donald Trump uh, will be the president that has actually saved more lives than any other president, maybe even combined. And this is because he quickly rolled out the vaccine, which saved, in my opinion, millions of lives. And he appointed conservative judges, which ultimately overturned Roe versus Wade, which will also save millions of American lives. So... 
we have to be careful as we listen to the politi- politicization, <laughs> the, the, the politicking that's been, is going to take place over the next year. As we head into an election year in 2024, watch the politicking that takes place. Because while I agree that lockdowns and mandates were counterproductive and and not always scientifically based, I do believe that the vaccines themselves was a, a responsible choice by most American families. And I will hold to that. I spent months in my facts about the vax podcast trying to dispel myths and conspiracies and my question is where are those myths and conspiracies now those same people that profited um, with their youtube channels um, dispelling and dispensing fear where are they now there has been no microchips bill gates did not destroy the world from his evil lair up in a mountain fertility rates have not changed one iota are there side effects from the vaccine? Any treatment may have side effects. I'm not sitting here saying that's impossible, but there have been no long-term effects consistently shown other than protection, which is a positive side effect of the vaccination. There was a period of time after the original virus and the Delta variant where this was truly a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And there is there is boatloads of data to show that that's true. There were times when hospitals were full and nine out of 10 patients hospitalized and or on ventilators were unvaccinated. So there is no doubt that the vaccine has provided protection, has saved lives, have decreased hospitalizations and deaths, and is the direct result of now the emergency status being removed. And the end of this three-year craziness. There have been reports of blood clots, pericarditis, but I have to be very clear that those side effects were from the virus and not from the vaccine. Those things were seen well before a vaccine was even available. So obviously it's irresponsible to propagate misinformation or to discourage immunizations, especially when there is so much at stake. People can have their own free choice, and that has always been my stance, to provide information and then give people the choice. In fact, I so wish that was how this rolled out. I actually agreed with the initial shutdown because hospitals and ICUs were ill-prepared to handle the wave that was coming. So if you remember, let's go back three years to flatten the curve. And that's what lockdowns did. It flattened the curve and provided more time. Once that was available and once we were able to care for patients, then the lockdowns and mandates should have been released. I don't ever believe that mandating a vaccine is appropriate and not the role of the government. The role of the government is to inform. And I believe through commercials, through podcasting, through uh, advertisements, through YouTube, through Um, online or social media, that the word could go out about what the facts were and then have people decide for themselves. And I think every responsible family member, parent, um, boss, employer, 
would have gone to those sites and looked to see what was safest for their family or for their employees and may have come to the same conclusion or not. That is how a miracle works. And they could have learned the risk for themselves and made educated choices for themselves. And I believe to this day that there would actually have been more response, more vaccination, uh, if people would have been able to actually make the decision on their own. As soon as government limits you, locks you down, forces you, mandates you, then people become resistant and actually have the opposite response. So here's what's at stake. I just want to close with this. There's a measles outbreak in Ohio. (laughs) It's raising concerns about the spread of the disease and how a decline in vaccination rates among children might be leading to additional outbreaks. 85 cases have been reported in Ohio as of Friday in Columbus and other parts of Franklin County, according to Columbus Public Health. Most of these cases were in unvaccinated children. Actually, I dug a little deeper into those numbers. They're all technically unvaccinated. Um, They either were too early to get vaccination, they were unvaccinated, or they only had the first shot. So there were no children of the, what would I say, 85 cases that were completely vaccinated. Hospitalization was required for 30 or four of those who were infected. It's not, the, it's not the only recent measles outbreak in the country. Minnesota experienced 22 cases last year in the Twin Cities area. This is what they report. The outbreaks which come amid a rise in anti-vaccine sentiment are raising worries among health experts about whether lower vaccination rates will lead to further spread of diseases that can be safeguarded against by vaccines. With Quote, with any of the vaccine's preventable illnesses, we always worry about that there's not enough herd immunity, says Susan Kolatar, director of the Division of Infectious Diseases. Herd immunity occurs when enough people are immune through vaccination or natural infection to stop an illness from spreading. Measles is so contagious that immunization rates need to be at least 95% to eliminate the disease. One of the potential reasons these measles outbreaks may be happening is that vaccine coverage rates fell during the pandemic. This is the fruit of forcing vaccines on people. That drop in childhood vaccination in part stems from disruptions during the pandemic, people not having access to health care, that's true, as well as financial and logistical hurdles, the CDC reported. But rising vaccine hesitancy and the anti-vaccine movement are also contributing as a major factor driving recent measles outbreaks. This is true also for polio. We're seeing rubella. We're seeing many things starting to rise again. Quote, we are living in a generation where most of the people who have hesitancy about vaccinations never experienced any of those diseases, says Kolotar. And they never experienced any of those diseases because because of widespread immunization practices. I think many parents feel like since they don't see measles in our community, that it's safe for them to not get their child vaccinated. She attributes some of the vaccine hesitancy to the circulation of misinformation, a debunked theory linking the MMR vaccine to autism. I have a podcast on that. Baseless concerns driving by, driven by the theory that may lead some parents to delay MMR vaccinations until right before their child enters school, which could mean the child gets their first dose when they are about four instead of 12 months old. 
Uh, the MMR vaccine has been around since the 1960s and is very, very effective. We didn't get to eliminate measles without MMR vaccine. Let me say that again. We didn't get to eliminate measles without the MMR vaccine. There was a time in history, not too long ago, just in the last couple of decades, where measles was wiped out because of vaccination. The politiz here's that word again. The politicization, the politicization of vaccines during the COVID-19 pandemic has also fueled anti-vaccine attitudes. The anti-vax, the vaccine hesitant community has probably grown as a result of this pandemic and spilled over from the COVID-19 hesitancy to all vaccine hesitancy. And this is my concern and this is why I'm bringing out one more facts about the vax, my friends. Please become vaccinated against all of these things because this is what actually wipes them off of the face of the earth. See, people still travel to places where measles are endemic. They bring it back and it affects the unvaccinated population. This is what's happening. So that's the point of this podcast is to inform and let you make an informed decision. Let every family make decisions, which should have been the strategy from the beginning. So I believe that we're past the most serious wave of COVID. Hallelujah and praise the Lord. But my concern is the aftermath might be fatigue, vaccination fatigue, vaccination hesitancy, and anti-vaccination sentiment. Vaccines have been around, have been safe, and have been effective for decades and have saved countless of lives, countless millions of lives, and will continue to save countless millions of lives. And this should be our COVID post-mortem lesson. Please go to pushbackculture.org, pushbackculture.org. This has been the topic that I get the most comments about, and I'm open to your comments. I'm not afraid of them. I will handle them respectfully. And this is a continuing, ongoing discussion as we go forward as a country after this tragedy, after this pandemic that we will tell our grandchildren and great-grandchildren about. So please go to pushbackculture.org, pushbackculture.org, and please leave your comments and questions. Keep praying for Minnesota and the abortion bill that just passed for things to change, for the hearts of the people to change. I'm certain there'll be much more to be said about that. But until then, let's go together now to set and shape the culture. Music